Alrighty, so like I said, today is going to be a, a little bit different um, than normal uh, because today is uh, Anthony's last Sunday. It's Anthony's last Sunday uh, with us, and, um, and so we just wanted to spend some time and do something a little different. Right now is where we normally have a sermon. That's not going to happen today, but we are going to jump into Acts chapter 13 because uh, Anthony has served so faithfully here at Bayou Tala, and he ha- is obeying a call of God to uh, go into full-time ministry um, out of state, and um, we are going to bless him and send him off today. And so one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to see in the Bible, this is going to be kind of like show and tell, it's going to be like acting out the scriptures. We're going to see in the Bible uh, a similar thing to what we're doing today. There's this church at Antioch in Acts chapter 13, and uh, they have some great uh, pastors and teachers and leaders serving there, and they're called by the Holy Spirit to send them out. So if you're in Acts chapter 13, we're just going to read the first five verses together and then we'll talk about it. Um, actually, is it okay if we pray for a moment? All right, good. Father, I just uh, I thank you for uh, my brother, and I thank you for uh, this time we have to just spend um, reflecting on your word and uh, sending our brother out with our blessing, God, and your Holy Spirit leading him. I pray that you'd guide us through this text and that this time together would be honorable to you and profitable to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, you can grab that mic. Um, Acts chapter 13, we're going to look at the first five verses. Now, uh, there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who is called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart For me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John assist them. That's the word of the Lord. And so what we see here is that um, you have this church at Antioch. They have these wonderful teachers, Paul and uh, Barnabas, or he's called Saul here. Saul, Paul, I'll probably use those, uh, you know, interchangeably. There you go. Thank you, Mom. Still teaching me. Um, Interchangeably. Yeah, so Saul and Paul there, they have these teachers in there, and and the Holy Spirit... Uh, sets them apart, calls them, it says right there, that the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. It's interesting that this all happened while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. So they might have been in a worship service, gathered to worship the Lord and to seek God. And, And the Holy Spirit just moved in that time to say, set apart these guys for the work that, um, that I called them to. And, uh, set apart, um, Meaning that, uh, you know, we're all called to be ministers. You know, Ephesians says uh, that the pastor's job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That every person in this room, if you're a believer in Christ, you're called to be a minister. But uh, there are certain people that the Holy Spirit sets apart for a special work. To devote their lives to full-time vocational ministry. To set them apart for a special work. So we're all ministers. But some, by the Holy Spirit, are set apart for the special work of full-time ministry. And uh, one of the things I want you to notice about this text is that it's the Holy Spirit that sets them apart. It's the Holy Spirit who calls them, who sends them out. Now, now you think, as, as I might be inclined to think, that um, God wouldn't call someone to leave a church. Why would God do that? God's never going to call you to leave a church, especially not to go to another church. But um, yet, yet here he clearly does. He... Um, he takes the primary teachers of this church and he calls them to leave. And this is the best way to leave a church. <laughs> this is the best way to leave a church for God's Holy Spirit to call for the church to confirm and, 
and then for them to be blessed and sent out is the best way. And I really respect you, Anthony. There's, there's uh, plenty of ways that you could have gone about this transition. And the fact that you've been so uh, just respectful and um, just submissive to the church in the whole thing, just seeking God's will through the safety of a multitude of counselors has been really encouraging, and I respect you for that. Um, and so what I want, to know, want, want us to realize is that it's, it's really not us sending out Anthony. We didn't choose to send out Anthony. The Holy Spirit did. Everybody say it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. That's right. And so, Anthony, I want you to take a few minutes to just share with us how the Holy Spirit has been working. How have you seen God working throughout this transition? Yeah, so um, me and my wife have been praying for a really long time, just, you know, Lord, where do you want us to go? Um, I remember a few years back, and uh, I don't remember what it was, but it was on stage, and I remember you saying that I reminded you of uh, Isaiah 6, 8, and it's where Isaiah says, send me, I'll go. Well, the day you said that, I was like, whew, that's a lot to live up to. Uh, and over the years, especially after hearing you say that and that you saw that in me, I've prayed, you know, just been praying like, Lord, let that be true about me. Lord, s send me where you want me to be. Put my family where you want me to be. And um, for the past two years, that has been mine and my wife's prayers. Lord, where do you want us? Uh, Lord, where do you want us? Not in a desire to leave the church, but... Uh, as a lot of you know, uh, I've been unhappy with the uh, main job, the source of income that I've worked in for quite some time now, and that was a strain on me and my family, you know, um, but through faithful prayer, uh, especially with my wife, she's been so encouraging um, through working with that company for so long and being so unhappy there. Uh, not to say anything wrong against the company, the company's great, um, but we had just been praying for two years, like, Lord, what do you want us to do? What's the next step? You know, and it was amazing because it was like nothing else was desirable to me. Mm. And so every job I looked at, every opportunity I looked at, no matter which way I went, the only desire in my heart was full-time ministry. And it always seemed like it, it would never happen. You know, if it couldn't happen at Bayitala, it wasn't going to happen. And that was our desire. My desire was to be here full time. And, you know, as Pastor said that, you know, we don't have the finances here to do that. And that's OK. Yeah. Uh, I've so thoroughly enjoyed being here. Um, but it was actually a few months ago. It's funny that we read this text about in worship. I was in worship when uh, I had been applying for jobs, just an insane amount of jobs just to try to get out of the current job situation I was in. Um, well, the Lord just shut the door on all of those. It was like every interview was like, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> and it was just obvious or like the jobs that I would have been qualified for or would have really enjoyed just never even called me back. And so it was just like, this is weird. But in service, during worship, I just remember the impression of the Holy Spirit revealing to me, focus on ministry jobs. Just focus on applying for ministry jobs. And I was filled with such ex excitement during worship and the message. I remember I uh, told my wife during service, and then after service, I went straight up to you and was like, hey, man, you know, I don't know what this means, but I got, the, <laughs> I got this uh, clarity from God on what to do. Yeah. Um, but I remember not knowing what to do. Like, how do you apply for ministry jobs? Like, what do you, where do you look at for ministry jobs? And so for the most part, I was looking on Deed for, Indeed for jobs, and I was like, man, there's nothing out there. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's one or two jobs ministry-wise. And so I just remember starting to get a little unfaithful about that clarity. And um, <clears throat> I remember me and Justice had a conversation. Sorry, I have some dates on my phone I wanted to share with you guys. Me and Justice had a conversation August 20th. And um, we sat down and we talked about some things and got to encourage one another. And in that conversation... I basically asked his permission to apply at other places. And he was so encouraging and was so excited. I, don't, I couldn't understand the excitement he had for me in this conversation where it's like, hey, um, do you mind if I apply at other places for full time? He's like, yeah, that's awesome. And so uh, he gave me some advice on um, a resume. And another youth pastor friend of mine uh, is the one who actually told me about the church that uh, we're going to in Texas. And 
I remember the next day, so August 21st, I went over to this other youth pastor's house. We sat down and uh, talked about ministry resumes, which is completely different than any resume I've ever made. Um, but we sat down and he was brought me to the website of this church and he was talking to me about it. And I remember just getting so excited. Like, I don't, I've never heard of this church, never heard of anything about them, never heard a message, a worship service, anything. But I just remember so much excitement every time we talked about this church. And he uh, revealed some websites to me that I can go look at and start applying for jobs. And I applied for three ministry jobs, um, two, in, uh, two in Texas and one in Nebraska. And uh, this church uh, responded. I applied August 23rd. They responded August 23rd. Yeah, so it was like really quick. I was really surprised to get a response that quick. Um, I had a phone interview with a guy at their church on August 26th. And then uh, they had me fill out some basically get to know you form and an application. And I remember being so excited. And it was questions like, how would you share the gospel uh, with a youth member? And so sitting back and it's like, man, I've shared the gospel with youth so many times. Like, how can I write this down? How can I write down the gospel? And I remember just the drive and the push it gave me just to think of a way to share the gospel in a way that I haven't shared it before. Um, and just the whole process was amazing to me. The phone call with the first guy, his name was Taylor, was amazing. I'm at work and on a 40-minute phone call with this guy, just talking to him about this church and talking to him about the process. And just the chemistry between every person that we spoke with was amazing. And, I mean, it was just so home-feeling. The whole process has felt like home. And I remember the two other churches, one didn't respond, the other one did. And the other church who responded, nothing against that church. I had an uneasy feeling about it. And so it was like every time I picked up the email, every time I picked up their application, it was just like, this, this doesn't feel right. Something's not. Like, it doesn't feel like this other application. This other application just feels so, I'm so excited for it. I'm, I'm so encouraged by it. Every time I even go to it, I just feel the joy of the Lord. But when I would touch this other one, it was just this uneasement. Like, what am I, I don't, I don't want to answer this. Like, or yeah. I don't want to do this. And I was just like, well, this isn't right. This doesn't, this doesn't feel like a God thing. And uh, what was hilarious is that day was, um, <clears throat> on Hurricane Ida. And so that Sunday, uh, we had decided to, uh, I can't remember what it was. Yeah, worship at home and have something there. Well, we decided just to go ahead and watch their live service. And, you know, we have satellite internet. So when a hurricane comes, you don't have any internet. And so we're like, my dad's uh, sharing his screen to my TV. And so it's like, we're watching the service. And they had asked me a question. And it says, uh, the question was, how would you build a youth ministry? Um, because going here, praise God, I get to do something I've never done before and build something from scratch. And that's going to be so awesome. I'm so excited for what God's going to do. And I know I'm talking really long. I'm sorry. Um, but I remember watching him speak about Jehovah Jireh, that God will provide. And it just starts hitting me, the answer to that question. And so as they're wrapping up, I go grab my laptop and I'm, typing in the answer, and I'm trying to send this email, and I'm praying, God, help me send this email. Just help me have enough internet to send this email. And he was praying tricks on me. Let me tell you, God is hilarious. I would get internet service for like three seconds, and I would hit send, and then it would say no internet. And I was like, oh, come on. And this went on for like 30 minutes. Guys, I'm telling you, for 30 minutes, I was praying, Lord, let me just have internet for one minute just to send this email out so I can make sure they have this answer uh, before we possibly have an interview. Well, their service ends, and like I said, I've been tr- I was trying for like 30 minutes. Their pastor texted me and was like, hey, this is during Hurricane Ida. Can you do a Zoom interview? And I was like, yeah. I was like, can I send you a picture of an email that I'm trying to send you? He's like, yeah. And so I'm just like, I sit back and I start busting out laughing like, how good is God? Like, I'm sitting here praying for a way to send the email. And so instead of providing a way to send it, he just has a church reach out to me. And it blew my mind. I was just like, this is insanity. Like, God, like, we just learned about Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. And then God provided a way to communicate that with that pastor. And so, uh, you know, as we're going through it, praise the Lord, Hurricane Ida didn't do too much in my neighborhood. 
it did knock out our um, electricity here and there and uh, overnight. But I remember before the Zoom interview, we had electricity. And then it was like five minutes beforehand, bam, no electricity. And so I was like, I'm on my phone, on my front porch, <laughs> with the rain and the wind behind me, with like a little TV tray dinner table and like a, a glass bottle sitting like this so I can put my phone on there. And I put my headphones in and doing an interview during a hurricane. <laughs> and so it was hilarious. They were laughing and busting up, uh, cutting. And um, man, I just remember the conversation was, was amazing from the get-go. Uh, I just love the pastor and the elders uh, that were on the conversation and everything that uh, was happening. It was just so obvious that God was moving. And I don't know that I've ever seen him move so obviously in my life. And so to kind of share with you one of the ways me and Justice came together and realized that, hey, this is just a pure God thing. Um, Back in February, I had started telling LaShawn and Justice, my wife and a few others, I think Darren, that, hey, um, I think God's revealing to me that the current job I'm with is going to give me a call and say, hey, we, we no longer want you working with us. And I've been telling everybody this. I was like, I'm, look, that phone call's coming. And, and the more and more that it came, um, and the more and more further that it got away, you know, further in the year, I just kept saying, look, I'm expecting this call any day now. Just the way that the separation started happening in this uh, job, and praise the Lord, it wasn't because of any, any work ethic. It wasn't anything like that. It was just something that they're trying to get away from remote work, and I do a remote job. Um, well, I accepted the job with this church tentatively on August 30th. And so me and Justice decided to uh, tell the youth group and tell the church. Um, man, that's the one day. Okay, on uh, September 15th. Well, September 15th comes, it's 3.45, and I get a message from a boss saying, hey, we need to talk before 4 o'clock. And Justice walked in my office and said, hey, I just got the text message, and uh, they're going to let me go. And he's like, you think so? I was like, yeah. I said, as soon as I got the message, that there's just this weariness about it. And so we prayed in, our, in my office, and this is the same day we're going to announce it to you guys. Like, nobody else knows, me, Justice, my mom, and my dad, uh, Mr. Dwayne, Miss Susan, and maybe a select few others. And so then they call, and as soon as they call, it was my big boss. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is obvious. This is it. Well, they gave me an ultimatum, and I just, there were two men in me happening. It was one man who wanted to be so mad and so frustrated, and the other man who just kept hearing God. I told you it was going to happen in February, mm. and I've already provided you a job. And you accepted it before they even called. Yeah. Jehovah Jireh. Amen. God will provide. Amen. Like, it was so amazing. And th- th- this is the message we just heard. God will provide. And then he's just providing. Boom, 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 boom. And so when Justice comes back from his house, we go into our uh, conference room in the back. And I tell him, and we're like giddy like two little girls laughing and cutting up, praising the Lord in this office. I mean, it was hilarious. And it was just, I remember him saying, this is a God thing. Like, there's no other way. Like, the enemy wants to attack the day that we're going to tell everyone that we've accepted a job somewhere else, and then I'm stepping down here. But let me tell you, the enemy didn't win. The enemy got laughed out of the door. And it was just like, we both were like, man, God just kind of looked down in that room and was like, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, man, I just every, every step of the way. Yeah. I mean, it's barely been a month. And yep. it's all happened, you know, so. I know, yeah. And God's been providing, you know, in two weeks, you have to uh, sell your house in Mississippi and find a place to live in Texas in the market we're in. Yeah. And, uh, and so just, just briefly, would you just share how that's going? Yeah, so um, the church up there was seeking like crazy to find somewhere. They uh, sent us a contact to Miss Kristen in Texas, and she's been amazing. Uh, she's a realtor in Texas, and just, I mean, she's working so hard to find us somewhere. They found us somewhere to stay, uh, which is amazing. The whole situation there, I won't go into it, uh, but it's a blessing. Just We're like three doors down from the church. Like, we're five minutes from the church here, and I'm like, yeah! Now I can literally walk out my front door and see the church, and so it's like we get to stay there until we get to find a house that we can buy. And then 
for about a week now. Our house has been under contract down here, and so it was like, we were just praying, Lord, is someone going to buy this house? Like, what's going on? And then, yeah. bam, there's a place to live. Bam, the house is under contract. And so it's like, we're about to leave on Thursday, yep. just fully trusting that whatever happens, God's got. Amen. Yeah, it's, it's uh, and, but this is not just your transition, you know, this is a transition yeah. for your whole family and a new opportunity for them. So, like, how has Ellie responded through all this? I have been so impressed by my wife. Like, you know, for me, um, I think my parents already kind of knew this. It was just like one day I was probably going to leave Mississippi anyways. Uh, <laughs> but not because I don't love Mississippi, just it was always something feeling like I was going to go somewhere else. And, um you know, my dad was a minister, and he had the—we talked about it plenty of times. He, he had an opportunity to go into ministry in Texas uh, when he was a young man, and they wound up not going. And so for them, it's been just so encouraging from them. But my wife, I mean, she's got seven other siblings down here. She has her mom, her dad. I mean, so much family. She's been in this church basically since, what, she was yeah. eight or nine years old. And so to see—just to show you where God's worked at in my wife—, uh, in my wife um, before I even applied anywhere, like I said, we were praying, and I went up to her and I said, hey, um, are you okay with me applying with this place? And she just looked at me and said, wherever you go, I'll go. And that just, like, broke my heart. And it was just like, oh, well, I don't know if it, like, really, you know. Break your heart, like, but it felt good. Yeah, it? you know, it was like, oh. And it was like I had never felt so much love, and that was her heart through this entire thing. Um, but I want to share with you is – what impressed me probably the most about where we're going is on numerous occasions, we were there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the 10th through the uh, 12th, and every single day, they made a point to spend time with my wife, and they made a point to publicly say, hey, more than anything, she needs us. And I remember her crying Saturday because their pastor just stood up and was just so ministering to the church about her and focusing on her, and I just loved that this church was, that this church was this. We're not just getting Anthony, we're getting his wife and his kids, and they made such a point to bring that excitement to all of us. It wasn't about Anthony, it was about Ellie and our kids and me, and man, they prayed for our kids so much that weekend. You know, Ezra, Charlie, and Judah um, couldn't make it. They all got sick, and so they had to stay home but, I mean, just the, the love that yeah. they gave my wife yeah. was amazing. I mean, I, I just I had never expected that. Yep. And so that was what gave awesome. me a lot of peace that weekend. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't let you go. I had to, I had to call the pastor to see where they were going. I wanted to check them out, you know, because, Anthony, you can go anywhere you want, but I'm sending my sister and my nieces and nephews, and so I called them up, like, who are you? What, you know, how are, how are things going over there? And we actually had a great conversation, yeah. uh, laughed a lot. Uh, they seem like very similar in values and in mission and in style. I mean, it's very similar over there, and it felt like, you know, felt like family. Yeah. I mean, they are. They are brothers and sisters, so you're just going to a new place. Well, thank you for sharing that. Man, God has been working. There's so many more details that we don't have time for, to share. He could talk and talk and talk. Yeah. And so if you ever get a chance to talk to Anthony, man, he'll tell you some things that will just make you have gooseys everywhere. And uh, it's just undeniable the Holy Spirit in it all. And, and the interesting thing about this church at Antioch is that they, they, the Holy Spirit said set apart uh, Barnabas and Saul for uh, this work. Now, So they're sending out their, their very best um, can you imagine having the Apostle Paul as your Sunday school teacher? Right? I mean, like, do not be anxious for anything, but in everything, <laughs> with prayer and thanksgiving, make your request. Like, you imagine hearing those things from the Apostle Paul in the flesh. And then Barnabas was the guy who got Paul uh, accepted into the church. The Apostle Paul wanted, became a Christian, then he wanted to join the church, and the church is like, no, I've, I've seen you like imprisoning Christians. You're not coming to our church. Go to the church down the street. We don't like them very much. But <laughs> Barnabas is the one who said, hey, guys, hey, guys. They knew Barnabas. Barnabas said, hey, no, look, he, he has been transformed by God, and God's going to use this man in a powerful way, and we need to accept him. And so, 
So these are like, these are major people uh, in their church. That They're not sending out like Crazy Carl and Weirdo Wanda and the, the useless few. They're not sending out those people. They're sending out their best. Acts chapter 11 tells us that, that Paul and Barnabas were these primary teachers in uh, this church at Antioch. So you can imagine, this is like sending out uh, the senior pastor and the associate pastor or the youth pastor. And we are sending out our very best. Um, Anthony has poured his life out in service of the kingdom of God here at Bayou Tala. Um, you know, he, he worked here part-time, but we were talking last night, and he, he said, really, <laughs> he said, really, my full-time job was my side gig. Yeah. Th- this was where his heart was, and he's just poured everything out. I just think about, you know, how... Whenever he takes the kids to summer camp, he's burning up a week of his paid vacation at his full-time job to host summer camp, and joyfully, not begrudgingly. Um, You are the most authentic person I know. I've learned so much about what it means to be transparent and what it means to be real. Uh, When you see Anthony, you see what you get. He's the same person at home as he is uh, at church, as he is looking for flounders in the middle of the night. He's just, he's the same. And uh, he's always praying for somebody. Anthony's known for, hey, well, let me just pray for you. Can we pray about that? Let me pray for you. Just even Wednesday night, I go up there. This is last Wednesday, and I go up there to be with them. And, and Josh comes, uh, Josh Hayes comes and says, talks about how he's about to get on some work call he's kind of, uh, you know, anxious about. But he said, but it's okay, because Anthony prayed for me. So he was ready to go. Um, Anthony always asks, is there anything I can do for you? Do you need me to do anything for you? Like, and he's sincere about it. It's not one of those things you just say like in a conversation. This is like he's sincere. If you ask him to do something, he'd do it. And his heart was just always to do whatever it took. You, you, he served in youth ministry. He served in kids ministry. He served in men's ministry. He served in every way possible that he could because the kingdom of God and the local church had his heart. And just joyfully and willingly and sacrificially giving his life in service of the Lord. He's been my right-hand man for these last uh, six years. Before that, he was my right-hand man in youth ministry. And um, as long as I've been serving as as pastor, he's been the youth pastor. Um, I honestly don't know if I would have been able to do what we've done without you. And uh, he's been my foundation, my rock, my friend, my brother, and our youth pastor. And um, we've been through highs and lows, and we've grown closer through it all. Uh, Our relationship has been very unique. There's been times where Anthony and I have been on our knees in the driveway of this church, just (laughs) pleading with God for our church and for um, God to just move and uh, praying for one another. And I haven't had that with anybody else. Um, And uh, you've made a major impact on the students in, uh, in our church. I was so encouraged, went up Wednesday night to spend time with them and just to see how you have this incredible group of young people who have been impacted by your ministry in your life. And um, speaking of being impacted, I think we have a student who wants to come and actually maybe say a couple things and uh, give you something. So if you want to give him that mic. Okay, um, so I've known Anthony for a lot of years. I remember uh, coming to youth group and him being my pastor back at uh, Children's Church and all kinds of things. But right now, I want to share probably the most impactful and most memorable moment with Anthony I've ever had in my life. Um, So back in 2019, we actually went to a camp called Fuge. It was up in Clinton, Mississippi. And uh, it was the first church camp I've been to with this youth group and all. And so uh, we get there, and I'm still kind of shy and everything. And for the first couple of days, I'm not really into it much at all. And then come the third day, where it's late at night, maybe 8.30, 10 o'clock, in that range. Uh, uh, It's worship time, and I meet a girl. And so there I'm talking to, he, he, he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, 
I meet a girl and we become really good friends off the rip. And so after service is over, we walk out and everybody's picking on me, teasing me, saying, oh, is that your girlfriend and all? I was like, no, and I couldn't really handle the insults and all because at the time I had another girlfriend. And so feeling guilty and all, I ran off. I ran off in the middle of the night and ended up in the middle of an empty, dark parking lot. And I just felt terrible. I couldn't handle the insults. And it was just not a great moment for me. And so at that moment, I was sitting there thinking to myself about how dumb I was for running away from them and just felt really guilty for it. So after about 30 minutes of sitting there, I finally stand up, and as soon as I turn around, there's Anthony. Anthony's right there behind me, and I saw him and expected to get yelled at, but the first thing he did was hug me. He wrapped his arms around me and stood there for about five minutes just holding me. And I've never felt love like that before from somebody. And yes, he did scold me a little bit after. <laughs> I, th I think that's the only time I've ever been on Sergeant Anthony's bad side and everything. Um, and so, he found me and he told me about things. I told him how I felt and he prayed for me. So I get these guilty feelings away and everything. And uh, I walk back to the group and they're all still at the sanctuary. And so that made me realize that he left everybody to come and find me. And that now thinking about it, it reminds me of the story of the 99. Uh, it says that if one of the when the shepherd loses a sheep of his hundred, he will go out and find that one. So now thinking about it, Anthony left everybody just to find me. The one who did the wrong thing, the one who messed up and abandoned everybody else. So I just think that goes to show the love and dedication that Anthony has for everybody and just show how impactful he is in my life and how I'll never forget him. Thank you, man. And uh, I want to give you something I made, uh, Mom. Right here, I made a little cross, stained in all with our youth group uh, verse, 1 Timothy 4.12. I don't know the verse, but I know it's, don't be it's basically saying, don't be judged for your youth, and no matter your age, show the love of God. And right here, I've got everything signed. i got all kinds of our names. <laughs> Never. Love you, man. This is awesome. Dude, this is definitely going in my new office. <laughs> we got a hanger and everything on Yeah. Man, it's got all you guys' names on it. Did you have this up there Wednesday? Uh, no, I just had it in here. I had everybody sign it in the kitchen. Ah, oh, y'all are sneaky. Okay, <laughs> y'all are sneaky. <laughs> Man, I, I don't have anything to say. I'll just do this. <laughs> I love you, bro. <laughs> that was him and that girl's thing at camp. <laughs> Oh, man, this is too cool.
All right, I say he can't leave. How about that? <laughs> Y'all help me hold him down. We'll take his keys. Um, keys are in the truck. I've never heard that story. Yeah. That's awesome. I couldn't tell you I lost a kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Well, thanks, Reed. I was trying to hold it together, and then uh, you done brought us all this year. So appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Um, Man, the point is that we're sending out our very best. Just like the church at Antioch, they were sending out the Paul and Barnabas that they had. And we're sending out our very best. And uh, the impact of your ministry here is going to be felt for a long time. And I appreciate you, brother. Um, I've heard one person call this gospel goodbyes. That it's very difficult, you know. Uh, and it's going to be hard. You're taking my sister and my, my nieces and nephews and my daughter's best friend. And, uh, and so it's going to be hard um, because we love you so much. But the cause of the kingdom is more important than our personal comfort. And so part of following God is being willing to leave everything that you're comfortable with that you know uh, to follow him where he's leading you. And I thank you for being obedient to God. And so I'll just give you, is, is there anything else that you wish to say or anything else you wish I would have asked you about? Or? Uh, there's nothing I wish you to ask me. Um, but, you know, being a youth ministry, your kids like to joke around. And uh, a couple of you guys have joked and said that, you know, I'm going to forget you guys. Or um, I don't know somebody said last week, oh, you think you're better than us, kind of joking around. And just things of that nature. And I just want to tell you guys that uh, I don't ever think I'm better than you. I don't think I'm over you. I call you guys my brothers and sisters for a reason. Because I view you on the same level. You guys are young, but you're awesome. You're smart, and I've seen and learned so much from you guys. You guys have told me that you have learned from me, but I, I have probably learned from you guys more than you guys will ever have learned from me. Getting to know each and every one of you through these past eight years in uh, youth ministry here at Baitala has been amazing. Getting to know you, and uh, I don't know if you know this about me and Justice, but we were kind of frenemies when we first met. I was a, I was a jock. He was the band player, and uh, we both kind of had this look like, oh, this guy over here. You know, like, I thought he was the ladies' man. He thought I was the ladies' man. Neither one of us was a ladies' man. So. <laughs> well, you probably thought that because I was better looking. That's probably true. Probably, probably true, was. yeah. It's, it's got to be the beard. <laughs> but uh, I remember, man, we tried hanging out a couple of times when we were younger and just never hit it off. You know, we had a couple of friends that we were each close with. Um, but it was in 2013 when God started calling me into the ministry I was dating Ellie at the time, and I started getting this impression to call justice. And like I said, we, weren't, we were never really good friends. You know, we were kind of friends, more, more frenemies than anything. Um, and I just want to tell you I appreciate you because you could have said no for me coming to serve in the youth ministry. And instead you said yes. And I got to see something that was missing in my life. And it was what God wanted to do through me here. And all the fruit that God has made through me and hopefully made through me is because of what he did in you. And everything that I've learned from you over the years, and I mean it when I say that I love, respect, and look up to you because you have you've been that beacon for me. And you've helped me to be the, uh, a beacon of light and Christ is these wonderful youth here. Um, you know, I got to know some of your kids from, from birth and uh, serving in the kids' ministry. Uh, I got to serve in the nursery in the first through uh, fifth grade and the toddlers. And, uh, you know, I have kids in all ages now. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget the love that you guys showed me and the realization about what a family really is, for me, that occurred in this building. 
Um, I was always close to my family. My dad, my mom, my brothers, my sister. My brother was the person I'd always looked to to watch and learn from and not do the same things he did when he made mistakes, you know. You get that pleasure with older brothers, but uh, there was a lot that I got to learn from my older brother. And uh, he's in the room, and I want to tell him thank you because... I don't know why it surprises me, but Jeremy has been the most encouraging and uplifting person in this move. And I love you, bro. <sighs> Didn't want to cry. <laughs> and I remember, I remember standing right here in this corner a few years ago. <sighs> Well, I'll tell you something before that. I remember KK and Rhonda in the back. At the time, I was uh, doing the announcements and leading our prayer services. And my family and a few friends were here that hadn't been here before. And KK and Rhonda just saw something in me. And they both came and hugged me and started praying over me and asked me what's going on. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I just, I, something doesn't. I don't feel right. I'm nervous or something. I don't know what it is. And I remember I came right here and I was supposed to lead us in prayer. And instead I cried like my, two, my four-year-old daughter. <laughs> and it was just, it was nasty, soppy crying. And we're supposed to be praying. I don't even think I got an actual word out. And um, I remember David Williamson and I think it was Roy Schubert came up and just held me. And then Miss Susan came up and led prayer service. And that day is the day that I got that we are all family. You know, we say, hey, we're brothers and sisters in Christ all the time, but I don't think half the time we realize what that means. That that bond in Christ is stronger than any tie, any relationship. Like, I thank God that my wife is mother half, but she's also my sister in Christ. And then my son is not just my son. He's my brother in Christ. When I saw him today run through the doors, I was like, what's up, bro? And when I said it, I was like, why did I call him bro before son? Huh. Because he's God's son before he's my son. It's the only thing I can think of. And I just I want to speak to you guys, these 6th to 12th graders, for a minute. You are each other's brothers and sisters. Be there for one another. A lot of you are going through so much. And I know some of you are taking this hard. Don't forsake your brothers and sisters in Christ. Run to them. Don't be afraid to speak about what's hurting right now. Because I praise God that I have a, a brother in Justice and Jared and in Randy and in Jesse. That in my weakest of times, those are the guys that I go to. That I can call about anything. And you need those. And then you need the people like Roy and Bear who aren't your blood-related family, but love you so much that they're just going to pour God's love into you. So 6th to 12th graders, look, I'll never forget you guys. Never. And I'm always a phone call away. Amen. Amen. And a short drive, so you better, uh, you better come back <laughs> yeah. sometime. Short drive. Hey, so if you're taking notes, I'm sure you're taking notes, of our text in, in, in Acts chapter 13, we see that the Holy Spirit calls. It's the Holy Spirit that does this calling. The Holy Spirit's the one who's moving Anthony. Um, but then what we also see in the text is that the church confirms the call. 
Uh, we see that right in ver- starting in verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart uh, for me Saul and Barnabas for the work to which I've called them. So the Holy Spirit called them. Verse 3, Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So how did the Holy Spirit say it? How did the Holy Spirit speak to them? We don't know. Did He say it? Did He speak audibly? Uh, was it an impression? Was it something they were reading in Scripture, seeing that we should be doing something? Was it, was it um, a desire that they had, an opportunity that opened up? How did the Holy Spirit speak? We don't know, but I'm, I, I'm convinced it probably wasn't super clear because if the Holy Spirit speaks like audibly to you, typically you don't have to pray about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, typically, like, if the Holy Spirit's like, go do this, it's like, well, we better just go do it. But here, they felt the Holy Spirit saying something, and then they spent a period of time fasting and praying to discern the will of God, to make sure, is this really the Holy Spirit? Is this really God? And, and then the church laid hands on them and sent them off. So the Holy Spirit did the calling, and the church confirmed the call of God on their life. Now, in our hyper-individualistic culture that we're in, uh, we feel that we need no help discerning God's call in our life. No help. Like, if I, I'm called to be a worship leader. I'm called to be a pastor. I'm called to be a missionary. I'm called to do this or do that. And we never think to consider, maybe I should ask my church. Maybe I should get some help discerning God's voice. And so I would just, you know, I think the biblical way to follow God, at least what we see in the text, is maybe if you feel a call of God on your life, if you feel God moving you to do something, maybe He's asking you to move somewhere, take a different job, or um, serve in a ministry. And a good, a good practice is to go to your small group, or your pastor, or your church, or your elders, and say, I feel God's leading me to do this. What, what do you think? Can you pray with me about this? Can, can we seek God together? I want, I want the blessing and the confirmation of the local church on this call of God on my life. So God calls us, God calls us, but then God designed the church to help test and affirm God's call on our life. And we see here that the church laid their hands, these leaders in this church laid their hands on Paul and Barnabas and sent them off. They blessed them and they sent them. And so it's only uh, fitting in this time for us to uh, ordain Anthony into the gospel ministry. So Anthony is a licensed minister. A license uh, for ministry is a somewhat lesser credential than ordination. Um, A license is typically if you're serving on staff at a church or you want to pursue ordination, you would get a license for a period of of time, maybe a couple years as you pursue ordination. But then ordination is kind of reserved for people who are are giving their life to the ministry. They are called to be a pastor, a full-time pastor in some capacity. And uh, we didn't want as, as much a history and uh, that we have with Anthony here, seeing his life, seeing his walk with God, uh, we didn't want him to leave without having this credential of ordination. We wanted to, as uh, kind of they, they do in this passage, for us to send him off with our, um, our confirmation, our, um, our commendation that we are uh, with you and and for you. And so uh, we're going to ordain Anthony today. So I'm going to ask uh, if our elders would come up, uh, Nestor and Dwayne and Henry, and I'm going to ask Darren to join us. And uh, we're going to ordain Anthony um, into gospel ministry. See, um, so what was that? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Forgive me, Lord. Did not mean to do that to the cross. Um, let me grab. So. Um. 
1 Peter uh, chapter 5 and uh, verse 2, uh, actually 1 through 4, um, Paul gives some exhortations to pastors, to elders, to shepherds. He says, So I exhort you, the elders among you, as a fellow elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but be an example to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. And so in um, ordination, uh, we're laying hands on Anthony, and we are um, doing, it's a physical representation of a spiritual reality. Our laying on of hands, there's nothing magic in the laying on of hands. It's us physically showing that God has laid his hand on your life, that God is uh, calling you and commissioning you and sending you out. The ordination is a commissioning to ministry and um, a commending him to uh, all whom he will serve. So whenever he goes, he'll have the uh, commendation, the commending of Bayutala. We have uh, witnessed your life um, and, uh, and believe that you're called to gospel ministry. So I think this, oh, you perfect. So if you guys, as we pray for Anthony, if you guys would stretch your uh, hands out and if you would just say a prayer of blessing on him. And uh, so if you guys would lay on your hands. Heavenly Father, I just, uh, God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit calling uh, my brother Anthony into full-time vocational ministry as a, as a pastor to youth, to young people. Father, I thank you that your Holy Spirit has called him. And right now we confirm that call uh, as we have sought you and prayed and seen the evidence of your hand in it. God, we believe this is your will. And so, Father, I just pray, uh, God, that you would bless my brother. I pray that you would give him everything he needs to do what you've called him to do. God, I'm just reminded of Jeremiah as he's met with all his uh, non-experienced, not equipped to do what you've called him to do. You say, don't worry about that. I will give you the words to say. I'll tell you where to go. And don't be afraid. I'll be with you. And so I pray that he would, his faith would be strengthened as he as he uh, follows you, God. You'd give him everything he needs. That he would serve you with authenticity and integrity. That you'd bless everything he does. That you'd give him direction and vision for this new ministry that you've called him to. I pray that he would not grow weary while doing good, for in due season he will reap if he does not give up. I just pray that your Holy Spirit will work supernaturally through his life, through his ministry. Father, uh, Ellie, would you come and join us? I just want to, if you don't mind, I want to have you guys pray over your family too. Thank you, guys. And Father, we know that that you've called this whole family. um, That Anthony is not doing this alone. And he cannot do this without the person you've put by his side. And so I just pray that you'd strengthen Ellie and their family, that you would give them the ability to trust you when it's hard, to lean into you, to find you as their comfort and their strength, and uh, that they'd find joy in serving you in this new context, God, and that you would uh, just bless them and bless their family, that the favor of God would just be all over them. We thank you for how you've shown yourself strong and shown yourself as Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is our provider. And I just pray they'd continue to remember these days and look back that this is clear that God has brought us to this. That when things are difficult, that they would hold on to you and trust in you. But God, I pray that these next days would be joyful. They'd be joyful and plentiful and fruitful. I pray that you bless them. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, Anthony, um, so this is an ordination uh, certificate. This is the highest credential in the, in a, in the life of a minister. And uh, it says, We the undersigned, upon the recommendation of Bayou Tallow Fellowship at Kiln, Mississippi, which had full and sufficient opportunity for judging the God-given gifts, Christian experience, call to ministry, and views of biblical doctrine, hereby certify that Anthony Gerald Cardinelli was solemnly and publicly set apart and ordained for the work of the gospel ministry by the authority and order of the Bayou Tallow Fellowship at uh, Kill, Mississippi, on the 26th day of September 2021. Signed by all of us here. I'm going to ask uh, the elders and Anthony if you would just hang out here for a minute. So... Um, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I know we are, are going a little bit over, but um, if you guys are give me a few more minutes, is that okay? Uh, we're not quite finished. Um, I just want to give some final exhortations to Anthony out of this text in Acts chapter uh, 13, uh, because we see um, three things in verse 4 and 5. He says, so being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down. That they were obedient following the Holy Spirit's leading. Just follow the Holy Spirit, man. You've been doing that? Keep doing that. Just follow the Holy Spirit wherever He leads you. And then in verse 5, it says, When they arrived, they proclaimed the word of the Lord. Like, just, just be in the Scriptures, proclaim God's word, preach the word, as Paul would tell Timothy, and be about the word of God. And then uh, finally, it says, um, and, they, and they had uh, John to assist them. And the idea here is uh, just raise up new leaders, make disciples. The, uh, John was who uh, became the author of the Gospel of Mark. So at this point, he was the young cousin of Barnabas, and, um, but through the uh, discipleship and uh, influence of Apostle Paul and, and Barnabas, uh, he raised up into a person who was used mightily by God to write one of the four Gospels that we have today. And so just pour into young people and make disciples and all of that. And speaking of disciples, I mean, you might ask, uh, this whole thing might leave you wondering, who's going to take his place? Who's going to take his place? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, after much prayer and consideration, uh, we have asked Jared Froman to be the interim youth pastor here. So Jared, would you come up to, with us? Amen. Well, interim just means uh, in between. He'll be here till the end of the year. Um, he's committed to the end of the year. That doesn't mean that that's when it's going to end. It just gives us some time for us to seek God slowly and make sure this is the right thing permanently. But I was the interim pastor. Anthony was the interim youth pastor. It seems to be a more permanent thing that happens. And so, um, but Jared has just been willing. Jared is the one who Anthony has been pouring into over the last year and a half or longer, maybe two years. Um, being intentional with him, giving him uh, more responsibility and opportunities to preach and to lead. And um, I mean, we've always had the motto around here is to train somebody to take your place, to take your job. And, uh, and if you do that, whenever you leave, you'll have somebody to replace you. And so uh, Jared is that guy. And, and really, it is a testament to um, Anthony's leadership as well, you know in the sense of whenever Anthony said he was leaving, we didn't have to, we, we knew there were several people we could have chose to ask to take his place. I was just talking to somebody recently and, and uh, at a minister's breakfast and telling them about this transition and uh, one of them said, oh, uh, so you got to find somebody to replace him. I said, we already did. They said, you already did? What? This is uncommon. Um, but because you've been discipled by Anthony uh, and he's brought you up, I'm sure he'll do the same thing whenever you leave here, but as he's brought you up, we've had a great candidate for this position. Uh, Jared is biblically grounded. He's ministry-minded. He, he's uniquely gifted. And uh, he has a heart to serve the Lord. And I believe that he is called by the Holy Spirit to be used by him in this moment for this role. And uh, most importantly, he's willing. So he's willing. Uh, I want to give some exhortations to Jared out of uh, 1 Timothy uh, 4. Why are you guys so like spread out? Y'all are interesting. Okay. 
Um, 1 Timothy 4, just briefly, verses 12 through 16. This is one of the verses that's your verse in youth group, the one that's on the cross. Um, Let no one... Take note, read. This is it. (laughs) Let no one despise your youth. Let no one despise your youth, um, but set an example to believers, an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. He goes on to say, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift that you have, which has been given to you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep close watch on yourself and on the teaching, on your teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save yourself, both yourself and your hearers. So, so a couple of exhortations from this passage. Don't worry about your age, right? Um, you, you know, you're, the enemy's going to say, you're too young, you're too young, you're too young. I was Jared's age when I began pastoring, lead pastoring here, okay? So that goes to show you how crazy you were to ask me to be your pastor. But don't worry about your age. Um, be an example. Be an example. Um, people can look past your age when they see an exemplary life. And so just be an example. Seek to set an example to students, to youth, to everyone, to all believers, he says, um, in all of these things. Um, my, my kind of favorite a quote recently about church leadership says, biblical leadership is more about example and invitation than coercion and control. Like just live an example and invite people to uh, follow. Uh, teach the scriptures. He says, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scriptures. Just be grounded in the word. Um, grow in your gifting. Here he says, um, do not neglect the gift you have that has been given to you. So grow in your gifting. You've been gifted for this. Just as we've talked, all this talk about Anthony being chosen by the Holy Spirit, I believe you're chosen by the Holy Spirit to do this. And persist. Persist. He says, persist in this. So by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Do not give up while doing good. For in due season, you will reap if you do not give up. So when it's hard, lean into the Lord and persist. And so, Jerry, would you step forward? And we want to pray for you and just offer you our blessing. Jared, at this moment, is not get, being licensed or ordained. We're just going to bless him uh, that, that, that God would equip him for this uh, role. And so, Jared, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for, for being obedient to God. And uh, Jared's heart throughout all of this has just been, you know, it seems overwhelming, but I'm willing to serve wherever God wants me to serve. So if this would be a help, I would, I would love to do, have the opportunity. So thank you for that. So, so we just want to thank you for, for being willing and ready and obedient to God. So if you would reach your hand out and uh, pray a blessing and, and we will all. God, I thank you that uh, just as you've uh, chosen Anthony and all of us, Lord, um, for this work, that you've also uh, just put your spotlight on Jared for this role in this moment, God. And and Lord, I know the feeling of, of being overwhelmed uh, by the weight of the responsibility of serving you in this capacity. And I just pray that you would give him uh, just a confidence in you, God, just an assurity of you that you're going to be with him, that you're going to guide him, that you're going to lead him, that you're, you're going to go before him, God. And I just pray that he'd lean close into you and... Um, and just find everything he needs. So, Lord, would you equip him with everything he needs to serve you in this capacity? Would you bless him? Would you encourage his soul? Would you give him joy in serving the Lord? Would you give him vision and direction for, for this ministry and, and what you want to do with it, Lord? I pray that as he uh, looks at the scriptures, that you'd speak to him. You'd give him words and messages for these young people, whatever you have next for us. I pray that you'd help him to grow in his gifting of preaching and teaching, his gifting of shepherding and pastoring and leading and administration. God, all these things, Lord, I pray that you'd equip him. Fill him with your Holy Spirit afresh. Use him powerfully, Lord. We're excited about what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All righty. All righty. Well, that's all. Thank you, guys. You can all be gone. Goodbye. Yeah.
So yeah, so it's been a little bit more of a full service than we're used to, and, uh, and so now I guess it's time for the sermon. So are you ready? Just flipping your Bibles to John chapter 11. No, I'm just, um, we will be in John chapter 11 next week. But look, it has been a more extended time and different than our usual, um, but I appreciate you being here um, for this moment as we kind of walk through uh, how God is doing in our church what he has done in churches since the beginning. And uh, if God's put a call in your life, then be obedient to the Holy Spirit and seek out um, people in the church to confirm that calling on your life and just trust him and step out in faith. And so um, I just want to bless you. So if you would stand up and, and uh, because this is Anthony and Ellie's last Sunday, uh, we are going to have, we have uh, cupcakes and lemonade, and I don't know if there's anything else out there, but we're going to have some refreshments out in the lobby uh, on the coffee bar. Um, we encourage you to, to hang out, to grab a cupcake, to say goodbye to our friends, to congratulate Jared on this next season. So let's pray. Father, thank you, God, for your spirit with us today. Lord, I thank you that, uh, that, that we are able to follow you and to have a different expression of our weekend worship. I pray that we, would, we were all just stirred in our spirit, uh, that Holy Spirit, you're still moving and working and calling and anointing today, and uh, that we can lean into you and jump in on what you're doing in this world. And so, Father, we just pray again a blessing on the Cardinelli family. Pray that you provide for all their needs as they travel and keep them safe. Bless their ministry. I pray that you bless Jared and Megan and their family, their growing family. I pray that you'd strengthen them and equip them with everything they need to follow you, Lord, in this season. And I pray for this church family, that we would see you working and get on board, and that we'd step out in faith as you lead. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, church.